Welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh, a place to chow down on topics relevant to writers of all kinds. Hello, and welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh. I'm Marissa, and it feels kind of weird to be doing this episode this week because a few days ago was what is already being called one of the darkest days in American history. It was the day it started off on a positive note for me. I was really, really hoping that Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff would win in the Senate races in the state of Georgia. Even though I don't live in Georgia, I was really hoping for them to win in their races. And when I woke up on Wednesday morning, I saw that Reverend Warnock had won in his race against Kelly Leffler, the incumbent, and that John Ossoff was ahead in his race against David Perdue. Closer to lunchtime, it was confirmed that Ossoff had indeed won that race. So I was feeling really good for a few hours, but then the hearing to certify the electoral votes from November began, and shortly after that, I'm not going to call it a protest, I've been using the word coup or insurrection to describe it. I think you all know what happened. I'm not going to go into too, too much detail. I'm just going to say that even though I was surprised at a lot of what I saw happening in the Capitol building, I was not surprised that something like that happened. I'm still trying to process some of what I saw on Wednesday. But I first felt this way last May, several days after the murder of George Floyd and the protests, which were protests. Those were protests. What happened last Wednesday? Sorry, that was not a protest. Actually, not sorry. That was not a protest in any sense of the word. But after George Floyd's murder, it felt really strange to do a podcast episode on writing. I didn't know how any artist, whether they were writers or whatnot, could actually think about writing or art, whatever, whatever type of art they do. However, after Wednesday, I've seen a variety of responses among members of the Twitter writing community, and I don't know. I've seen some people saying, well, sure, this is a writing community and I am a writer, but right now all I can think about is politics, so that's what I'm going to tweet about. And if you don't like it, you can mute me or you can un unfollow me or whatever. And I've kind of been in that, I've kind of been on that side. I have not really been able to think about very much besides what what this meant and what this means for the foreseeable future. But I also saw some beautiful poems on Thursday based on Wednesday's events, uh, kind of similar to some very beautiful paintings I saw of George Floyd uh, several days after those events. Um, so yeah, so what I saw there was people making art because that was how they deal with this type of crisis. And then I also saw some people saying, well, 
I'm an empath. And although I'm definitely cognizant of and bothered by the events of today, what I need to do is kind of take a step back from social media altogether. And I am a news junkie, but I am also an empath. And I can't stay away from the news. And it, it, it takes a lot out of me, but I, I can't stay away from it. But I do get the empaths who say, I know what's going on, but I need to stay away from it as much as possible. So what I'm going to say is, I don't know yet what role art, literature, music is going to play in the weeks and months to come, or even the days to come. But I know it has a role that's going to be important for a lot of us, either to just get through these times or to try to try to make change wherever we can. I think it I think it's going to take a while for us to truly grasp that role, what that role is going to be. And I think that role also might be different for a lot of us. All I'm saying is, if venting is what you need to do, that's okay. If writing poems or drawing or even reading escapist literature or watching escapist movies is what you need to do right now. Or if taking a little bit of a social media break is what you need to do right now, do it. This is not a time when we should be judging each other for how we cope. Now, pretending that you don't know what's going on, thats I don't advocate that at all. I'm, I'm saying people who are acting like everything's just going to go back to normal in a few weeks or months. No, don't do that. But I'm just saying whatever you need to do to cope with the hell that we're going through right now and probably will be going through for um, the foreseeable future, do that. Whatever you need to do to cope, do it. So on that note, I actually had an interview for this podcast on Wednesday night within hours after all this happened. And I'm going to go into that interview now. I spoke to a very talented writer and um, creator of a publishing house, Cassandra L. Thompson. And I really want to thank Cassandra, first of all, for speaking to me on Wednesday night, but also for being a really cool guest. I think that there will be a lot in this interview that you learn about writing gothic fiction and also about creating a publishing house, which I thought was great. So with no further ado, here's my interview with Cassandra. Enjoy. My guest today is Cassandra L. Thompson, who has been creating stories since she got her grubby little hands around a pen. When she's not busy managing a house full of feral children, human and canine, you can find her wandering around in cemeteries, taking pictures of abandoned things, exploring lonely patches of woods, or in the library doing research on her latest obsession. But mostly, she's staring off into space, imagining other worlds and things that go bump in the night. Cassandra, welcome to my podcast. It's so great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I guess what I'm going to start with first is I saw on your website um, about the Ancient Ones trilogy. So I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about that. Um, I, it, was, it looked like it was published in October 2020. So yeah, if you could just talk a little bit about uh, what that is, maybe how that came about, that would be great. Okay, so it's my debut novel. Um, and at first, 
first I was just going to query and try to go the traditional route. And then over time, I started to learn more about publishing and, and self-publishing. And, and I got some interest in like actually having a press. So I sort of, it's weird how it just happened. It just, I got the idea and then it was like, I just kept going for it. Um, and then I published it myself. I started my own press, Quill and Crow Publishing House. Yeah. And then the book came out, and so far it's been pretty decently received, so that's exciting. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> so definitely. <I'm> <laughs> keeping keeping it moving. That's great. Now, um, what I was gonna ask you is, um, this is something I've been curious about. Uh, I saw that it's a trilogy, so maybe if you could talk a little bit about at what at what point did you realize that this was going to be a trilogy? Like, did you set out with it intending to be a trilogy or was this something that occurred to you as you were working on it, uh, that you might want to continue it? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I think it was just about halfway through and I like the story just kept coming and I'm like, I don't think I could just fit it all into one book. And so I've always kind of liked the concept of trilogy, trilogies too. Right. So I just kind of, it went from there. It was a very, um, like, intuitive thing. You know, I didn't set out with the plan, and I'm a very um, scattered writer, as is. I didn't, like, plan everything out. Um, and then it just kind of, it, it turned into the trilogy, so... <laughs> That's great. I saw in the press release that Anne Rice's interview with a vampire inspired you. And um, I actually, it's great having you on um, too, like right now, because a few nights ago I was, I'm a big fan of Edward Gorey. And a few nights ago I was looking through a book that I have uh, from uh, Gorey and I was looking up stuff online while I was reading it and I saw about like gothic fiction and I did an episode in season one on Southern Gothic fiction, and I talked a little bit about Gothic fiction, but I never really did an episode on Gothic fiction. So now I, now I was thinking, well, maybe I should have done Gothic fiction first and then Southern Gothic. But I was hoping to ask you a little more about that. Um, first of all, who are some other Gothic writers that you find really influential who inspired you? Okay, so I know this is really cliche, but <laughs> it's Edgar Allan Poe. Right. I, I discovered um, his writing when I was in seventh grade, and I just was head over heels. I love the language. I love the, just the madness, the themes of madness and darkness, and I just ate it up. So that kind of started me on that journey. Um, Anne Rice was shortly after, but then I had some things that wouldn't be, you know, considered gothic, like, as far as influences, like, Stephen King is more horror, but there's a lot of, like, gothic horror not, um, influences in his story, like, themes in his stories. Right. Um, yeah, and then, like, Charles Dickens, I love Charles Dickens, so that's not okay. exactly a gothic writer, but that was a big influence for me, um, and then, you know, Mary Shelley, it just, you know, the classics, <laughs> the classic gothic genre really just pulled me in yeah um that's great uh what are some of what would you say some of the most important characteristics of gothic literature are okay well you have usually there's a romantic angle um it's very centered on atmosphere so right. you have like, the creepy haunted house the mansion the decrepit cemetery um i like the supernatural aspects of it um the one 
aspect that I try to deconstruct a little bit in my own writing is the damsel in distress. Like the damsel in distress is such a huge theme in gothic literature, but I love my women characters to be strong. So I, yeah. I kind of, that's the one that I'll distort just a little bit when I write. But yeah, those are the main themes that I think I enjoy the most. That's really fascinating. Um, I saw that you also have released two collections of dark poetry. One of them was Rise of the Dark Goddess and Drops of Dread and Sorrow. And how would you say the process of writing poetry com compares and contrasts with uh, writing fiction? Like, do you uh, do you find that you have to focus on maybe one if and uh, maybe not work on the other? Like, if you're working on, say, a collection of poems, or is it something that you feel you can go back and forth uh fairly easy does it have to do with maybe the topic um like what would you say the like how would you compare and contrast that process um i think that just my writing style like people have told me that i have like a really poetic descriptive writing style um when i write novels so for me you know i don't really overthink a poem they just kind of come out uh, i'll think of like a word or something like some pop it, a phrase will pop in my head and then i kind of just sit down and jot it out so I don't necessarily put like a ton of thought into my poetry. I just kind of throw it out there. <laughs> Whereas a novel, like, you know, I put a lot more time and energy and effort into trying to get it cleaned up and, you know, the storyline and make sure the plot is good and all that. So I think that's the main, the main difference for me. Yeah, that sounds good. I was wondering too, um, does anything else have an influence on your writing? Like I'm thinking in particular, gothic music, uh, like, yeah, <laughs> like goth bands, because uh, I know, because uh, yeah. I listened, I listened to a few, uh, like a few old school goth bands I really like, and I was just wondering like how that, because a lot of writers actually are very influenced by music, yeah, and also for sure. like movies and like what are some notable uh, examples that you might have of things that have influenced your writing. So movie wise, Bram Stoker's Dracula, okay. I love that movie <laughs> so and if you read the ancient ones there's a couple nods to that story yeah um in there and then like music see i i like i like a little bit of gothic all dark i like some heavy metal um but like my gothic band that like really gets my mind going is typo negative oh okay <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so i'll listen and then i'm like oh you know that sounds pretty good and then something will go on in my brain so yeah yeah, do you um do you usually write with music on or without it or cuz I have I I'm one of those people that like I love music but when I'm trying to write something it's very hard for me because I get so into music when I'm listening to it that I can't really concentrate on what I'm writing. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like normally like the inspiration and I'll see like the scene will be while I'm driving listening to music and then I'll you know say, say something really sticks out in my head then I'll come home and then I'll write it in silence because <laughs> I can't have distraction. Yeah, I can totally understand that. Um, so I was hoping that you could talk a little more about Quill and Crow Publishing House. Um, so how long ago did you start that? You said it was when you were writing this novel, but like about how long ago was that? And what was the process of starting that like? Um, so I started in August, I believe yeah right around August it was like a whirlwind it once I I just kind of had the thought I should just do it myself and I should just start 
a publishing company. <laughs> like it was just really random. And I just, it felt so right that I just dove headfirst into it. Um, and then I got a ton of books out from the library and I taught myself stuff and I learned, I talked to other authors. I had friends that had small presses and before you know it, it just kind of came about. <laughs> wow. Um, what are some of the, I guess, what are some of the things that maybe you didn't expect when you were, when you uh, started doing this? Like maybe, like what were some maybe challenges? What maybe went surprisingly easy? Like what was that like? Cause I'm, I think that's amazing that you started a publishing house. I really do. <laughs> As opposed to just like putting it, I mean, self publishing it on Amazon. That's what I've done. But like, it never even really occurred to me, like with, with my books to create a publishing house. So like, yeah. Um, I, I like so horrible at answering this because it, it does sound crazy when you say it like that. Like who just wakes up and is like, I'm going to start a publishing house. I think that's fantastic. I really do. Um, you know what? I, went to, I, I just finished actually school. I went to school to be a librarian. So I got my oh, master's cool. in library science. So like the book world isn't alien to me. I sort of learned a bunch through going through my schooling and then I've always loved books so much that it when, once I got the idea, like, you should just have a house and maybe publish other authors, hit me. It just felt natural. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I was the first book and that I learned everything and I messed up on my own before I took some other authors in. Um, and I was surprised that I didn't fail as badly <laughs> as I thought because I knowing rationally it sounds crazy and every part of me was like this like I kept asking myself like what are you doing are you sure you want to do this but then as I learned and as the process went on it it felt natural it felt right it felt good and then I'm like okay I guess I'm gonna keep expanding <laughs> that is really uh really great and I saw on your website I'm gonna put a link in the show notes because I want everybody listening to go and check it out because I just I thought everything was great on it I thought the art was fantastic thank you I, I oh you're totally welcome I, uh did you did you do that or is it yeah you, that's everything everything's me <laughs> that's awesome and I noticed that you did most of the blog posts but you also um you also have some guest bloggers and things like that what's that process like as far as finding other writers, putting out their works, maybe having, um, having them contribute their works to the blog? Um, how do you go about doing that usually? Um, well, I, I like to engage a lot on social media. So in this whole process of me going through querying and trying to figure out how I was going to release my book into the world, I started to make a lot of really good friendships and, you know, we would start writing together or, you know, can you, Hey, can you take a look at this for me? You know, and then we started trading work back and forth before you knew it. I, I just really wanted to have something that belongs to other people and like showcase their work. Like I, I just, that makes me feel good. It's one thing, you know, you want to read my stuff, but I love like lifting up other writers. So I just kind of asked them, I'm like, Hey, you got any like poetry maybe you want to throw up on the website? And it was just great to get the feedback that I got back that people were wanted to do it and they wanted to, you know, include and, and write blog posts and stuff like that. So it was a really fun experience for me to do it that way. That is um, really great. And um, are, is it something that you 
Do you find that you have a lot of writers reaching out to you, or do you reach out to them, or does it kind of both? Kind of both, but I, I was very surprised how many people sought me out. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, I would love to have you, you know, so it, it was, it was a, there's a mix, sometimes I see another writer, and um, I just kind of approach them, hey, you want to maybe <laughs> write something for me, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, it's been cool to have so many people come and ask me. That's great. Now, um, where would you like to go in the, I mean, obviously you want to publish more and find good writers and hopefully publish your own stuff more, but what are some other visions that you have for the future for um, going forward with this publishing house? I definitely want to get more authors. Um, we're going to be releasing either one or two anthologies this year. I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. We're going to go in that direction. I have another um, poetry collection from another author that's going to come out. And then I have my, the second um, installation of the Angel Ones is coming out. So there's some things coming and I'm hoping, you know, depending on the success of everything, if we could just keep moving forward and keep expanding. I mean, that would be wonderful and we will see. Yeah, that's that sounds great. Um, do you do you think that you'll be well? I guess what I really want to say is, do you really see it just being gothic literature, or do you say it, um, you're looking to publish gothic and horror, or is there is there maybe more that you'd like to expand it to eventually? As of right now, I'm really interested in gothic horror. Um, I am a horror like I I can write horror. I love horror as a genre. But my niche that I, I really just have a, a heart for is gothic horror. So I would like to find other gothic horror writers, um, literary writers. I like literary style fiction. So I kind of want to go in that direction. Um, and then, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy that I'm just kind of like, uh, we'll see how it goes. But so far, everything has kind of been that way. And I'm very much of a, a go with the flow type of a person. So I, would, I have goals and then we'll see if we get there, and then we can move from there. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, t I, totally, uh, I totally get that, because I, I, I didn't realize that this was, like, so back in August. I mean, that's not really a long time. So this is really impressive that you've done this in that amount of time. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> what are some, as, going back to, I'd say, gothic fiction and also horror, if you'd like to talk about it, because I know I know of a lot of people that want to write in those genres. What are some of the recommendations that you'd have for them as far as maybe things to keep in mind and maybe also things that have been overdone that either maybe they should stay away from doing or maybe find a different way to... I don't want to say stop doing them because, you know, you could always put a new spin on something, but, like, what are some of those, uh, I guess they're called tropes, what would you say um, to writers starting out to be aware of um you know it's funny because i the ancient ones is centered around vampires and when right. i started talking about it and querying it i kept hearing everybody's sick of vampires everybody it's overdone you're never gonna get published if you you know talk about vampires and it's so funny because i had well i had to go with my gut on it this is what i wrote i came up with these ideas when i read Anne rice when i was younger Twilight came out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh man, I don't know if anybody's ever going to want to read what I have to say. 
but I pushed through those voices and I feel like I got a lot of good reception for following what I needed to follow. Like, I don't think I could have went backwards and, and changed things or made it more marketable. So that taught me that even if something seems like it's a trope, and, and trust me, there's some tropes that I, I wish would die. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. um, if you feel it though, like in your heart though, and that's what you write, then write your vampire novel. You know, just my advice would be to maybe put a spin on it, make it a little bit unique. I think what people are more tired of is the recycled storylines and the same characters. You know, if you have a, a, a genre or an idea, you know, put a different spin on it. And people will love that because people like what they like. I will always like a historical vampire novel <laughs> that is so cool to me. That's my jam. That's what I write. You know, so I'm going to continue to buy those books and read those books. It doesn't matter how many have come out. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yeah, that, that, uh, that totally makes sense. So would you say the same for, I don't know if there, like, is there any other maybe horror theme you'd like to explore um, in the near, I know you're doing this anthology, but like in the near future, is there any like other type of horror that you're particularly interested in or are you just kind of going with the vampire um, now? Yeah, I mean, I like um, just your basic horror. Um, I like dark fantasy. I, I'm not a big fan of the super gory, like splatter punk type right. torture stuff. So, I mean, I, I'll watch it sometimes, but <laughs> it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, I go screamer sometimes. Uh, I'm the same way. Yeah, I love horror, but sometimes it just that line gets crossed and I just kind of got to be like, no, it's not my thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so. I'm the same way. Like, I don't know if you watched um, Lovecraft Country, but I, I loved season one of that. But there were a few episodes that, I mean, and one, there was at least one of them that it was kind of funny too, but it, 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 like, I usually, I watched it because I thought it was so fantastic. Like, I sat oh. through it. But there were a few scenes that were difficult for me because there was just so much gore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can take it. I mean, I, I'm a horror person, but there's a line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I think with horror, it, it's it. There's a lot more to it than gore. I think, like, I love psychological horror. Yeah, me too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, I'd say I'm more in that. Like, if it's something really good, like Lovecraft Country, I will watch it, but it is kind of difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and psychological horror, that's that's one that I kind of will veer towards as well, you know, as far as the genres. It's hard to think about all the genres because it's such a big umbrella. Exactly. <laughs> usually, yeah, usually I just like, I, I just tell people I just like really dark stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, the, I, I know a lot of people that, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I like a lot of dark stuff too. And there's so, there's so much different types of dark stuff, like we were just saying about psychological horror, God. Um, gore, that type of thing. What you said you liked the, to make your heroines strong. I think that's a good point too. Um, if you could talk a little bit more about that when you were when you were like growing up and growing as a writer and reading representations of women in these books, did you was there a lot that you maybe wanted to see done differently or like when you became a writer, like if you could just talk a little bit more about that? Uh, so writing wise, um, it's strange cause it's a blend. Uh, I had writing, there was a lot of characters that I thought they were going to be strong and go one way and then they really disappointed me. Um, but then I had, you know, television and 
some of the shows were eh, but I grew up, like, I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was my favorite show when I was a kid. So I grew up watching, you know, characters like Buffy, and I yeah. wanted I wanted a character like that. That It reflects the kind of, you know, girl that I was. I wasn't, you know, shy and quiet, and I was more like this, this strong, you know, loud, boisterous personality. Yeah. So <laughs> I just kind of wanted women roles that were like that you know so it was very important to me um the one character in particular uh morgan who's in my story she like just she just took over the whole trilogy you know i started with these certain characters that i had and then she was kind of a side note and then by the end of the trilogy she sort of just took over and she's i'm so proud of her as a character she's so strong and she just doesn't follow any damsel in distress tropes. She just does whatever she wants. So it was, it was a lot of fun to, to bring her alive. That's really great. I'm uh, I'm definitely looking forward to finding out more. Um, that's actually, we went through a lot, but that's actually all I had as far as questions. But I would love to open it up to you if there's anything else you want to talk about. Um, just anything. I'll leave that up to you. And I'm also going to put links to the, like I said, to the website, and I hope listeners go and check it all out, because it's really, really great stuff. Thank you. Well, no, thank you for having me. I mean, I'm horrible at talking about myself. (laughs) I'm one of those people. I'm like, I don't know, I just kind of do stuff. I, uh, I, I think you're, I think you're a great guest though. And I'm really happy to, um, I'm really happy to have you on the show. And like I said, finally talk about Gothic literature. I should have done this last season. I mean, I just kind of started this podcast and I went from like, just talking about topics that I found it, um, you know, just thought about to like actually covering genres and stuff. And I, I really like the Southern Gothic. So, um, I, I guess, um, I guess I there were some characteristics of the Southern Gothic, like it specifically has to take place in the South because of uh, the history of the South. And do, I, I guess maybe I'll ask you that. Do you see any similarities between Southern Gothic and regular? Because one thing I talked about in my episode was that Anne Rice, some do consider her a Southern Gothic writer because that's where she's from. Other people are not so sure because she kind of has the vampire thing going, so... Um, do you see any, like, connection there? Um, yeah, I mean, I would consider her because it's Southern Gothic, um, just because, you know, Gothic, at least how I was brought up and how I was, you know, taught about what Gothic is as a genre, um, is about the scenery, and so her scenery is heavily influenced by Louisiana, so, I mean, in not only just her vampire chronicles, I think it's in her Mayfair Witch Chronicle, like, she, she uses it a lot. So, and I would say more so than, you know, other settings. So I would probably, that's a really good point. I probably would consider her Southern Gothic. I'll have to think about that, but that's a really good question. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I actually talked about her uh, fairly recently. I did an episode on fanfic, and I didn't know okay. this, but uh, I think it was in 2000, there were some fans of hers who... They were fanfic writers, and they said her lawyers actually contacted them and told her to told them to stop writing fanfic. Like she's really dead set against it, and I did not know that. I was fascinated to find that out. 
Yeah, I heard that too. I from what I read, I don't know how true it is, but from what I read, it was because she said that it would like distract her vision for for writing. <laughs> like. I don't know how I feel about that. I think if somebody wanted to write fanfic for my stuff, I would be so flattered. Like, that would be, like, the dream. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess if you're Anne Rice, though, you know, and you're a millionaire, you could, think of, you know, say what you want, do what you want. So, no judgment. I just, I would love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you. Like I said, unless there's anything else you'd like to say, but it's been really great having you on my show, and I, I just want to thank you for talking to me. And <laughs> thanks for having me. I love I love that we talked about this. This was awesome. It's a good yeah. night to a crazy day. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Once again, I really want to thank my guest Cassandra L. Thompson for a great interview, especially considering when it happened. And I want to thank you, the listener, for all of your support, all of your feedback. Yeah, I, uh, I'm here for you. And please, please, let me know what you think. Email me at marissadellefarfalle at gmail.com. Uh, please check out my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash marissadf. Uh, for $1 a month, I will mention your name on an upcoming episode. And for $3 a month, you'll have exclusive access to two bonus episodes per month. I just added a new episode yesterday. It is on offering your ebook for free on Amazon KDP. So yeah, if you sign up on my Patreon as a $3 per month patron, you'll have access to that and uh, my other back episodes and my future episodes as well. Um, please follow me on Twitter if you don't already at at marissad13 and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash marissadf13. I'd also really appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, as it'll help a lot more people find out about the show. So until next time, please stay safe. And I can't stress this enough. Do whatever you need to do, whether it's continuing to watch what's going on or writing or painting or drawing. Just take care of yourself, yourselves. Peace out. This podcast has been brought to you by Anchor, which is the easiest way to make a podcast. Go to anchor.fm for more info.